This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. The game is over. The Rebels have won. Welcome to Free State, everybody. Joe is here. I'm here. We're still talking. We're still standing. And uh, Joe, have you anything to say? Anything to say to me? No. No, just I'm, I'm. I'm glad that you're back on your medication. Your uh, tranquilizers. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm still buoyed up. I'm buoyed up by. Uh, by Saturday. I think everyone is really in the North. I mean, certainly people from, you know, my community. To see it, to sit down and see it happening. It was uh, a lot more emotional there than I thought it would be. Was it? You know, it really was. I mean, I, 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 I spent the whole day smiling, you know. Um, it was a great start to the day, Edwin Putz. The, uh, a big farming man. You know who Edwin puts one of his best friends was? Danny Murphy, the president of the Ulster Council. They were both farming men, you see. Right. And they hit it off. They hit it off. Well, they were a very good example of, you know, the fear of the unknown as soon as you get to know someone, as we saw with, with Paisley and Martin McGuinness and, and, and Dr. Paisley's wife. Um, you know, as soon as you get to know someone and you let them in, then... Everything tends to change. And uh, I mean, Edwin Putz spoke so warmly of Alex Maskey. I mean, Alex was the outgoing speaker, one of the youngest internees when he was interned, I think, when he was 16, taken from his home, you know, brought to a, a British detention camp, held there for three years without any charge or trial. You know, um, things that, that, that would simply be unthinkable now. You know, and Edwin expressing his delight that Stormont was back up and running, and uh, and of course then the 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 election of the the first minister. I mean, it was very uh, profound for someone from my background, and uh, I think you know a huge thing really. I mean, here you had these two sort of very strong, you know, um, confident women, you know, one from a 
militant Republican background. I mean, Michelle's cousin uh, was murdered by the SAS. And then Emma Little Pengali, you know, whose father was a, a gun runner mm. for loyalism out of, out, of, out of South Africa. You know, um, arming, you know, some of the most demonic sort of terrorists that we've seen. Uh, and yet here they both are glowing, you know, uh, speaking very respectfully of each other. Uh, I thought their speeches were excellent. And what it, what it reminded me, you know, I felt this very forcibly that no one, suddenly no one has anything to fear from equality. It reminds us that, you know, there's nothing to fear from that. And it was, you know, all of a sudden, you know, when especially I think when, I don't, I don't know if you heard Jim Allister speaking, <laughs> you know, who's, who's uh, <laughs> poor Jim, like, you know, and, and uh, he sounds, I, I thought that when Jim stood up to speak, you know, that, that they should have had him in black and white. Do you remember the Harry Enfield character, Mr. <laughs> Chumley Warner? My name's Mr. Chumley Warner, you know, who who was ancient, you know, and went back to the very early days of 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 of, of television, you know. They they put, you know, in the old days, like like the Laurel and Hardy or the silent films, they'd put the subtitles up. And Jim suddenly looked and sounded so ancient and irrelevant mm. as he went through what used to be the mainstream unionist playbook. I mean, everything he said, Sinn Féin IRA, you know, traitors to Ulster, Lundy's sellout, you know, um, they would reap a terrible harvest, all that stuff. That is precisely what unionists were saying right up until this moment on Saturday. And that was the most striking thing for me, with the DUP finally saying yes you know, accepting the status quo and decisively breaking from their supremacist past. The past has just disappeared. It's, it's gone, you know. And, and it was fascinating for me that the DUP are now characterising Jim Allister in exactly the same way that they have been characterised for 30 years. You know, oh, there's a dead-end unionist. Oh, there's a record of democracy. Jim Allister, yesterday's man, you know. And suddenly, suddenly, Ulster says no, is reduced to one man. And it, 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 in a way, you know, when it was all over, although I was glowing, it was this sense of, you know, in a way, waste and you know, thinking of the parallels with what's happening in the Middle East at the moment in Israel, like the futility of the violence, you know, how, how, how supremacy never works, how oppression never works in the long run, and how, when it's brought to an end and people agree just to treat each other with respect, you can have these miraculous results. And, I mean, who, who would have thought? Who would have thought when I was a child? Who would have thought? that any of this could be possible. I want to ask you about that because I was thinking about that looking at Michelle O'Neill's speech and 
you know the that general sense and i i thought it was i thought you're you're right i agree with you they both delivered very good speeches i thought her speech on face value was a, was a fantastic speech and i think you know there'll be plenty of people and i would have you know i would have some moments where i i would be be very skeptical about the the intentions beyond that but as a, as an actual speech as a as a as a gesture of reconciliation it was it was really it was very moving it was and when she said um her line when she said this place that we call home that we all love the north of ireland northern ireland where you can be british irish both or none is a changing portrait and you know there was like as it as it, as with everything in in Northern Ireland, there was there there were symbols even in that little sentence because she's she's using the term Northern Ireland, she's doing things that are actually a gesture in themselves, and I was thinking about you know this is this is Northern Ireland that was set up as a, you know we are a Protestant Parliament and a Protestant state, and I was wondering when as we we sat to record this what your 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 father would would think when he when he saw this what would he feel about how far people have come, like people of that generation. Yeah. Well, in, he was he was interned, obviously, and uh, you know, he was a very stubborn, very um, he was a tough tough guy, you know, and he uh, I think would have been delighted, you know, thrilled to see this. So see, the other thing is. You know, in the North, we sort of say this to each other now and again, you know, as we sort of ask this question, you know, is, he, is he one of the risen people, you know? Is he one of us? Like, is he, is he one of the risen people? And there's that, there's that very strong sense and connection throughout the North, you know, through all our GA clubs, through our, you know, the close-knit community that we have, partly as a result of the troubles driving us together, you know, forcing us mm. to, 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 together. That, um, you know, you look, I was looking across the faces in in Stormont on Saturday and thinking to myself, how many of those that I know and know well and know their backgrounds? I mean, Colm Gildernew, who 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 was elected to one of the ministerial positions, he sat beside me in St. Pat's Armagh. Right. And he, uh, his family, actually, my mother always used to say, oh, Colm Gildernew, you started the troubles. Colm his family were at the heart of one of the incidents that lit the, that sort of inflamed the civil rights movement. You know, what had happened was that the uh, Gildernews were a big family and Mrs. Gildernew was pregnant with Colm at the time and they were on the housing list but of course, you know, housing was used as a weapon of of the apartheid of the state at the time. And, you know, the whole Gildernew family needed a house urgently. And there was a house in Caledon, which was perfect for them. You know, their grandmother was going to live with them. And there were about six or seven of them at that stage. Mrs. Gildernew was pregnant with Colm. And the house was allocated to a single Protestant woman instead. And uh, which would have been very typical because if you if you owned a house, if you had your own house, then you were entitled to the vote. So it was a very effective way to ensure, you know, that Catholics didn't have the vote. And the Gilder News, you know, um, 
were bloody minded about it and they went in and they occupied the house, the family went in and occupied the house. And Colum, after being elected as a minister, and uh, forgive me if I sound emotional about this, he uh, tweeted a photograph just talking about, you know, incredible day and how far he'd come and how, in a way, unbelievable it was. A photograph of the family being forcibly evicted by the old RUC from the house, you know, and uh, his mother in the centre of the picture and uh, the kids there, his grandmother there, his mother heavily pregnant with Colm. And that that set in train, huge protests all over the north, you know, because they were battened out of the home. And, uh, you know, this was very publicly done. And it was where Austin Curry, his political career in the north effectively ended because he had promised that he would sit in with the Giller News on the morning that the RUC were coming to, 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 to be in solidarity with them, and he never showed up. And, uh, and he was never really forgiven for that. But that moment was sort of our Rosa Parks moment in the north. You know, a big Catholic family not being allocated a house over a single Protestant woman, going in and occupying the house and then being beaten out of it. And there he is now, you know, um, a minister, you know, in our government and uh, with all the respect and all the sort of pomp and circumstances that that brings as well, you know, he'll, he'll be driven there. He'll be, he was a very, very well-educated, very clever lad. And, uh, and so it's hard not to see very vividly because our, we're so close in the North, you know, countless stories like this. Uh, I mean, we also now have the first openly gay minister in government, Andrew Muir from the Alliance Party. And all of these breakthroughs are, in a way, for us, for me, hard to believe. Um, I mean, who would, have, who would have thought that in my lifetime Ulster would say yes? But what are they, like when you say that there's nothing to fear from equality, and I think that is unquestionable, and you know, and we've talked about this before, and you talk about it there again, the, the, the relationships that develop when people are, are, are brought together to work demonstrates that. But at the same time, there is... You know, there are, there are, there are underlying tensions, whether it's, it's like, you know, you know, this deal, like we, we, you talk about, um, you know, we, we talk about what led to this, but in, in the, in the short term, what led to the, you know, we, the two years without, without any assembly, um, and, you know, Jeffrey Donaldson then leading up to this saying, you know, there was going to be a real breakthrough in terms of, uh, concessions on, on, you know, on the, uh, on the sea border and, and, and this kind of stuff. But those ultimately, like, you know, and when, when you know, Jeffrey came out and said that this demonstrates that the naysayers are wrong, they were, um, you know, there was going to be, there will be legal changes. Now, there will ultimately, there is always going to be, without getting into kind of the absolute protocols of, and the, and the, and the you know, trading regulations to do with Brexit, there is, there is, an, an, un, an un, unbreakable tension there because you cannot square the circle uh, no matter what in terms of um, 
Brexit and what Brexiteers want and what what the all Ireland nature and not having a border on the island also demonstrates. So there are things like that, and then there's also just the sense that this isn't this isn't the position of this isn't the fixed position for anybody. It's a fixed position for uni- unionists, but Northern Ireland, the North, when Michelle O'Neill talks about it, you know, it's it's you know she's looking towards a future, as you say, where people, you know, Ulster is saying. Yes, we're actually you're working towards unity, and that is always going to be an obstacle for a number of people, isn't it? Well, I mean, one of the most extraordinary things about all of this was what didn't happen. I mean, as you know, I've been saying for years. I said it to Gregory Campbell ten years ago, and I said, "You need to lead now. You know, you need to start leading. You need to get out ahead of this because this is what's coming down the tracks." You know, and of course, they didn't do that. Now, I think one way or the other, you know, particularly with what's been happening in England, you know, um, increasingly people of seeing mind are saying, look, would we not be better as part of a very prosperous, forward-looking Ireland than we would be, you know, tied to this sort of increasingly sort of dysfunctional state? But one of the most extraordinary things about all of this over the weekend was what didn't happen. And... So what didn't happen was what was threatened, you know, that there would be protests everywhere, you know, calling, here's the, the official Protestant coalition, calling on all right-minded thinking members, all right-minded thinking members. That's, that's, that's how it's been printed. That's what the poster is. Calling on all right-thinking-minded members. I think they could have left out minded or thinking. Just want, they don't want to bring everyone in. It's a big tent, you know. To get yeah, everyone involved. Yeah, yeah, just in case anybody doesn't understand right-minded, they might understand right-thinking. Members of the PUL, Protestant Union of Soils Community, to block all gates into Stormont and Stormont Castle, front side and rear exclamation mark, to stop Geoffrey Donaldson and his party from electing a speaker, an IRA first minister, from 7.30am this Saturday, 3rd of February. If you're against this deal, come out in strong support and opposition to show your anger to him and his party. Do not allow them into Stormont to let this charade take place. Let's make this another Ulster says no rally like 1985 and show them that we will not be the generation to fail Ulster. We will not let down the victims and survivors of the atrocities during the conflict. If you care about victims and survivors, be there. Don't let them tarnish their good names with this dirty deed and tell Sir Geoffrey to get out and stay out for God and Ulster. And do you know how many people turned up for the protest? One million. One person. That's only, oh, I was close. And, and, a, and a fellow called Al Greg from East Belfast said, I was out walking the dog at Stormont this morning and I met one elderly lady at the gate on her own protesting against the deal. She told me she'd had to get two buses to get there and she was on her own and she was very sad. She said she was betrayed and she couldn't understand why no one else was there. And then a very curious postscript. In my opinion, this just shows how divided unionism is at the moment. It's one fucking divided between her and everybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, they were going to block roads all over the north and none of that, none of that materialised. And, and, you know, what you're, what you're reduced to really is, I mean, you go back to that poster talking about the Ulster Says No Rally in 1985. 
when Ian Paisley delivered one of his most thunderous and unforgettable speeches to over 100,000 passionate, you know, inflamed unionists. Never, never, never. Where do the terrorists go to for century? And I mean, the North thundered. Northern Ireland thundered. I mean, what happened then were protests, roads closed everywhere, violence, like hellfire, hellfire violence was unleashed on the Catholic community, you know, countless murders, you know, all sorts of things like that. But now you've got one one lady who took two buses and presumably isn't even going to get a refund. And uh, and that for me was as potent a symbol of how things have changed in the North as anything that I've seen. You know, and you see with the with the DUP on board now and with the new decade New Deal. So what happened was the new decade New Deal reforms, okay, which were agreed. Uh, weren't enacted in time to stop the last collapse of Stormont. But but a party walking out now suffers very, very serious consequences. The executive still continues to operate for six months. And then there has to be a full assembly in place until an election, which means that you could no longer scupper this. Yeah. In the way that it's been done before, it makes it very, very difficult. But more importantly, what you're seeing now is the first proper, it's a minor split at the moment. So you see Alistair is there really with, with, with Jamie Bryson, you know. And, you know, I couldn't help thinking of, you know, when I saw them doing their wee press conference outside, you know, and, uh, I couldn't help thinking of the fav- the famous episode of Father Ted, you know, where the bishop dispensed Father Ted and Dougal down to the cinema to protest about the nudie film. <laughs> Careful out, down with that sort of thing. Careful out, down with that sort of thing. And the futility of it, you know. But now you see, you see even on Saturday, the DUP training their guns on Jim Allister. They're not afraid of him anymore. They, they've been living in fear of him now for four or five years. And why aren't they afraid of him anymore? Because they realised, you know, they realised, if we all train our guns on him, what have we got to be afraid of? You know, this is one man. Mm. And he's, they, had, they had promoted him. Sir Geoffrey had pandered to him. And it's a very good example of why you do not pander to hitmongers. You know, why the Irish government, for example... The guards, we shouldn't be pandering to this small hate movement in Ireland. Mm. You know, because all you do is you allow it to grow by pandering to it. You know, that's what all the research shows all around the world, all around Europe. You know, you think you can you, you think you can treat them on equal terms, you know, you think you can treat them as normal as a as normal political movement, and all of it, all of a sudden it starts to grow. Yeah. But as soon as the DAP turned into Jim Allister, you know, cut the cord. He's dead. I mean, Jim, Jim Allister's in the wilderness. I mean, he, 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 he'd probably be elected as an MLA in his own constituency, you know. 
And you know, I suppose he's got some good things to look forward to. You know, he'd probably be the first, uh, the first ever Norris Antrim TD in the uh, in in the new, in the New Ireland. But you know, the point they're making. All of a sudden, they're completely alone. And the DUP, you know, through Paul Given, who you know has 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 been openly sectarian in the past, but of course they're playing to their base all the mm. time, and they don't know it. They they've never known anything else. This is going to be the first real politics that we've seen. I mean, Paul Given turned on on Alistair and absolutely machine gunned him in 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 uh, Stormont, and that's never happened to Jim from his own side before. I mean, he absolutely gutted him to to cries of "Here, here!" from the DUP benches because they've they've suffered from this from this sort of pseudo intellectual bigot for years now. You know, he's tortured them and harried them and. Sir Geoffrey Donaldson, you know, toured around Ulster because they were worried they were going to lose lose a lot of voters to to the traditional unionist voice, Jim Alistair's party, if they didn't get on board with him about the protocol and all that manufactured hysteria. So Geoffrey Donaldson demeaned himself by travelling around the North, you know, getting up on stages, making speeches, you know, sometimes being the support act to Jamie Bryson. What the fuck? You know, how humiliating. And and because Sir Geoffrey and the DUP lent all of this credibility, there were big crowds, you know, and this became, these, these became their mottos, all this nonsense, you know. Now all of a sudden, and you can see the DUP, the penny dropping with them on Saturday. This guy, Alistair, he's a flea. He's got nothing. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Often. Yeah. And does it, does it reflect as well, Joe, does it reflect as well that, you know, stuff like the, the sea border and the, and the protocol and these things, um, they, they don't really, they don't ha- get much traction when you've actually got real issues that are being ignored. So the fact that, you know, you've no, you've no assembly for two years, you've uh, in the middle of a, of a cost of living crisis, as Michelle O'Neill 
said in her speech as well that you know the the spending restrictions austerity imposed upon on, on the north from Tory governments has been so ruinous for 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 the north that actually parties need to come together and unite and fight that and try and get more and there are there are there is money coming uh from from London now but does doesn't this just demonstrate that like the like something like the protocol something like these kind of things ultimately for people in the north that's not the stuff that they're really concerned about they're concerned like everybody with cost of living uh you know well they are in the art they are they are in the they are in the art you know i think this was more about you know certainly you know you had 150,000 public servants going on strike again the dap were concerned about their poll numbers you know and you know sooner or later sooner or later they were going to have to bite the bullet before there'd be direct rule before you know storm and fell altogether they would lose their salaries you'd be in a very different situation then you know and i think that the 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 the, the document you know that was used that was waved in triumph you know by the dp you know it was best described by sam mcbride a journalist from the unionist tradition himself you know he said like you know for Jeffrey Dawson to claim he has swept away the Irish border <laughs> is as palpably absurd as Donald Trump claiming he won the US presidential election. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I think that the smart move that Dawson play, played here was that he didn't give any time. You know, this was done in three days, mm. right? So there couldn't be any backlash. And he quite rightly gambled that as soon as it was done, Everybody would come on board and Alistair would be isolated and the world would move on. And, you know, all this sort of, this sort of, I call it chicken licking politics in the North. You know, chicken licking, you know, the acorn fell on his head and he thought then that the sky was going to fall down on everybody's head. So he went around warning everybody that the sky was going to fall on their heads in a terrible panic. And, uh, And of course, this guy didn't fall. And that's what's happening here. You know, this panic that was spread through unionist areas, you know, this this deception that that if 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 one of these fucking Fenians, this fucking Fenian terrorist bitch Michelle O'Neill, you know, and those are the sort of terms she was described in, in the past. If she becomes the first minister, this is all over. I mean the North's all over. You know, and all these cataclysmic warnings. And, you know, the unionist people of the North will wake up on Sunday morning and think to themselves, well, the sky hasn't fallen on our heads. You know, this, this, everything just seems to be exactly the same way that it was. And, you know, it's, uh, it's really uh, a, an amazing transformation. I mean, you, you talked, Dion, about you know, what it was like to be born here and what my father would have thought of that, you know. And the sort of relentless pummeling that we took, you know, because we were on our own, you know. Ian Paisley talking about Roman Catholics breathing like rabbits and multiplying like vermin, you know, the dehumanization of us, you know. We talked about, you know, the Unionist grandee Leonard Hutchinson. Do you remember we played mm. the clip about him, you know, about 
One Roman Catholic woman appeared in the front of a nationalist newspaper holding a 26th child. One really doesn't know how can one could ever provide housing for a people that breed at this astonishing rate. You know, and uh, I mean, 1969, you know, the then Prime Minister Terence O'Neill, you know, who, who, who sort of was after that when Paisley came along, he was then held up in some quarters as a paragon of reconciliation. He said, you know, it's frightfully hard to explain to Protestants. And he had a very plummy voice, you know, this, these were our rulers. And if you give Roman Catholics a good job and a good house, they live like Protestants because they will see neighbours with cars and television sets. And then, <laughs> this is my favourite bit, and then they will refuse to have 18 children. <laughs> and, and of course, we got the same pummeling from the South. I mean, like, uh, I, I, at the moment, I, I have become uh, friendly with Kitty Holland. You know, Mary's mm. daughter, Kitty, is uh, you know, a very rigorous... Uh, uh, Newspaper woman now was the Irish Times and, uh, you know, very, very talented writer. And uh, her mum, you see, was a bet noir in the South because she reported honestly on the North. Mm. And Conor Cruz O'Brien made it his mission to destroy her career. But he sent her a memo whenever she was writing for his newspaper. That <laughs> I mean, you'd hardly believe this stuff. Killing, <laughs> this is a quote now, okay? I'm not, mm. uh, I'm not paraphrasing this. The killing strain. <laughs> he was very concerned about her, her, the, the, her sympathetic writing towards what was happening to us in the north. The killing strain of Irish republicanism has a very high propensity to run in families, and the mother, and the mother is most often the carrier. It is a very serious weakness, Mary, of your coverage of Irish affairs that you are a very poor judge of Irish Catholics. That gifted and talkative community includes. Some, some of the most expert con men and con women in the world, and I believe you have been conned. You know? mm. Yeah, it's and, incredible. And you look at the, the battering that we got, you know, the automatic sectarianism of the North, you know, where just a few weeks ago, a very respected journalist and newspaper editor wrote that the Sinn Féin tidal wave which has swept Northern Ireland can be traced back to the maternity wards of Ulster post the Good Friday Agreement. <laughs> and... And, you know, all that stuff, you know, a Protestant parliament for a Protestant people, you know. And, uh, I mean, one of our early prime ministers, he was a real charmer, J.M. Andrews. He was, sorry, he was uh, the prime minister. But when he was the minister for labour, he said, <laughs> and just to give you an idea of the extent of it all and why, you know, there's, there's such, you know, I think delight. There's no triumphalism, but there's delight. Another allegation made against the government, and which isn't true, is that 31 porters of 31 porters at Stormont, 28 were Roman Catholics. I have personally investigated this matter, and I find that there are 30 Protestants and only one Roman Catholic who is there temporarily as cover for a Protestant. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, Jesus, thank God for that. Holy Jesus. You know, and Sir Basil Brook, another, a later Prime Minister of the North, he told the 12th of July administration once, and you can still see the old footage of this. I would not have a Roman Catholic about the place, neither should any of you. And they all cheered. And the following day in Stormont, um, James Craig said, one of Basil Brook's colleagues, he says, There's not one of my colleagues who doesn't entirely agree with Sir Basil, and I would not ask him to withdraw one word. <laughs> so, you know, that. The extent of the sectarianism was stunning, and so all the more, all the more pleasing now that we're we're on an equal footing, and that uh, you know I think that the the two first ministers have already 
appeared to have affection for one another and I have absolutely no doubt that they'll get on like a house on fire. And this time, it will be more than symbolic because with Paisley and McGuinness, the important thing about that at that stage, don't forget, Dean, was to cement the peace, yeah. to stop the killing. You know, that was a symbolic thing and it had a massive, massive, it, 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 it echoed through the North, you know, and people who you know, had followed Paisley. And I mean, Paisley was the most popular. I mean, he was the, he was the, 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 the highest vote winner. He was a poll topper all the time. I mean, he was an electoral juggernaut. And he was the voice, you know, don't, don't be under any mistake and apprehension about this. He was the voice of Loyal Ulster. And whenever Loyal Ulster men saw Ian Paisley's friendship with Martin McGuinness, an obvious affection for him and for Eileen, then, you know, that was a huge factor in, in starting to make them think of us as human beings, as equals, you know, not as animals, not as sort of, you know, uh, you know, terrorists not to be trusted, you know, who'd murder us in our beds, etc. And of course, there was plenty of that as well. But you know the point that I'm making. This is not symbolic. No, I know. You know the 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 two first ministers now are, and that's why it's 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 it. This is this is the most important step since the Good Friday Agreement. You know, spectacularly successful peace process, and now and now this and, and what has happened cannot be underestimated because mentally, you know, it 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 it. It it shows and it will show, you know, our our our, our Protestant neighbours and friends that life will continue as normal, you know. And and these debates that used to cause murder, you know, actual murder, mm. you know, and, and gross oppression, you know, and terrible, terrible wrongs, you know. I mean, and before the, the Derry Throne game on, on, on Sunday, you know, the Brown family, uh, the Derry Faithful mm. and the Throne Faithful joined the Brown family, you know. Uh, and it was just a small example of of how important what we've been doing is. Explain ex- explain that to people, Joe. What that is, the, the, like I. So so Sh- Sean Brown was the beloved chairman of the Blackie GA Club, and uh, he um, just after I think the 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 the, the main ceasefire possibly nineteen ninety seven. I think wasn't it? He, I he was he was locking up the gates of the Blackie Club. And uh, which was his life, you know, and a tremendous community man, beloved in the whole area and beloved by the whole Derry GA community. I mean, very, very well known. I mean, Blahy were one of the great, are one of the great clubs of Ireland. I mean, they were the first ever Ulster team to win an All-Ireland club title, you know, and, and it's a place that has a reverence and is revered for Gaelic Games and its GA community. And, and he was the, a loyalist sort of gang waited for him and uh, as he locked up, they, they murdered him. You know, they butchered him. And uh, Seamus Heaney wrote a poem about it, actually, because he knew the Browns well. But um, there's... He's, his inquest was due to unearth, I mean, according to legal sources close to the case, shocking truths about the extent of the state's collusion in his murder. And... Uh, that inquest is one of the inquests that's been shut down by the by the new legislation that has been brought in. You know, it's, it's called the reconciliations. Where you know, 
you always, you know, you always put a a, a, a perverse euphemism on these things, you know, you know, um, and so the 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 march was in solidarity with the Brown family to say, look, you know, we we will not tolerate this. You know, this inquest needs to be held, and this family needs closure. And that's the Legacy Act and, that uh, uh, is causing so much grief for people who, who've waited so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and I think what we're in for now in the North, I think we're in for a period of really boring politics. You know, <laughs> I mean, just just not, you know, I mean, I mean, listen to the DUP a year ago. Listen to them six months ago. Gregory, you know, so you would have thought the North was about to go up in flames. Like, if you weren't from the North, you would have thought this place is ready to go. You know, and yet, you know, we've 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 got the quietest marching season in living memory. You know, despite all the hysterical warnings about the weekend, nobody turned up for the protests. You know, and you know they 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 had a they had a protest meeting in Magashal outside Dungallon. And Jim Allister went there with with Jamie Bryson. And, you know, there were about 30 old lads there. You know, there were walking sticks. And it reminded me of Eric Bogle's great anti-war song, you know, Walson Matilda, you know. Year after year, more old men disappear. Someday, no one will march here at all. And uh, and uh, there you are. That's, that's, that's the image... That's the image for me, you know, the, the lady on her own standing outside Stormont, saying down with this sort of thing. Um, and who could have believed it? Ulster says yes. May God forgive them for what they've just done to Ulster. May God forgive them because I won't. And neither will the children of Ulster. Neither will the children of Ulster. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.